Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Nine on Your Side Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Layton. I'm with a guest that I am more than excited about. We've got the voice of Pirate Nation, Jeff Charles. Thank you for joining me today. You are very welcome, Courtney. It's great to see you. So let's talk about how you got involved in calling games. Well, if you want to go back to the beginning, which is a long, <laughs> long time ago, I was actually a senior in high school. Wow. When I started doing play-by-play at my hometown radio station, WPTW, in Piqua, Ohio. And it's kind of the classic story of the guy who was supposed to do the game was sick. And then it was like, kid, you're up. And so <laughs> I was The rest up. is history. Yes, and the rest <laughs> is history. That was uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of games ago. I thought it was pretty much of a disaster the first game I did, but there were some people that thought it was halfway decent, so they gave me another chance and then another chance, and then here we are all these years later, and all the games have piled up. Yeah, in a thousandth game. I mean, what an accomplishment. How did that make you feel? Well, I think two things. Number one, uh, I'm still trying to get one right after a thousand games. <laughs> I think a lot of people would disagree with that. <laughs> and number two, I kind of feel like Joan Rivers when she was asked after 1,000 interviews on the red carpet, how does it make you feel? And she says, I just feel old. <laughs> but seriously, a couple of things that come to mind. Um, number one, I think I am most proud of the perseverance. Mm-hmm. Because it does take uh, a lot as far as your work ethic is concerned to go through uh, a thousand games. So I think perseverance is one thing. I think the other thing is flexibility. Right. Because at ECU, and I was in this business before I came to ECU, Mm -hmm. at ECU, I have worked with nine basketball coaches, eight football coaches, and seven athletic directors. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And each one of those folks have a little different personality. Right. So if you're going to continue in the same job at the same place, you have to be flexible with the people that you're working with. Absolutely. And the goals change and the aspirations change. The ideology changes with every coach and every athletic director who comes in. So, again, the flexibility has been uh, a big part, I think, of my longevity. For sure. And how did you get involved at ECU? Well, I was recruited to come here, as a matter of fact. Uh, I was at Virginia Tech. And I was at Virginia Tech for five years, from 1983 to 1988. And Dave Hart, who was then the director of athletics at ECU, called me while I was at Virginia Tech. And they had an opening here for a position as the voice of the Pirates. And that was in 1986. And I had only been at Virginia Tech for three years. And I told him I appreciated the call. But I thought at that point, it was just better to stay in Blacksburg, which I did. And then uh, someone else was hired for this job, a gentleman by the name of Frank Gardenia. And Frank only stayed here two years. And then uh, he left. And so the phone rang again. And it was uh, it was Dave Hart. And he asked me again if I would consider coming down for an interview. And things had changed at Virginia Tech over the last couple of years. Uh, Virginia Tech uh, then is not the Virginia Tech it is today. It was a struggling program that was having financial problems. Both programs were on NCAA probation at the time. Oh, wow. And so it was was tough. Uh, So I was more receptive to listening to uh, someone else. And so I came down in 1988 for my interview with Dave Hart. And uh, I spent a couple of days down here 
and talked to all the folks and uh, left not having the job. But I told him that uh, I needed to talk it over with my wife and my family, which we did for a couple of days. And uh, next thing I knew, Dave called back and said, <laughs> would you be interested in coming? And I said, yes. All the way to Greenville. <laughs> all the way to Greenville. It's about five and a half hours from Greenville, North Carolina to Blacksburg, Virginia. Wow. I have done that trip. I can't tell you how many times. Oh, for sure. And uh, But it's uh, it's been a good ride. Uh, I don't know if I thought I would have stayed here that long, mm-hmm. but uh, the way things have worked out, it's just it's just worked out that yeah. way. Yeah, and Greenville will pull you in. And I um, got done. I graduated from ECU and got done with softball. Uh, got done with softball May of 21. Mm-hmm. Graduated from ECU in December of 21. Mm-hmm. And here I am. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you'll be here 35 years from now. Or not. <laughs> you and Brian Bailey, huh? Yeah, well, Brian's actually got me beat because Brian was here. At Channel 9 as the sports director when I got here. Mm -hmm. So Brian's been here 38 years. And if I can plug Brian just a little bit, coming up on Friday, uh, Brian is going into the George Whitfield Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. And that is in Goldsboro. And I'm going to be there to support Brian uh, next uh, this coming Friday, actually. And that's uh, that's a great uh, honor for him and certainly well-deserved recognition. He has done a great job covering sports in this market for 38 years. You've both hit huge milestones around the same time. And like I said before, that is such an accomplishment. That's not something a lot of people do. No, uh, we're kind of a dying breed, as a matter of fact. Uh, I don't know if Channel 9 is ever going to have another sports director who's going to come here and be here for 38 years. I don't know if ECU is ever going to have another voice of the Pirates who's going to come here and be here for 35 years. But in what I do as a play-by-play announcer and as a voice of a college team, oftentimes guys do stay at the same place for a long time. Woody Durham was the voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels for 40 years. Bob Harris was the voice of the Duke Blue Devils for 41 years. Wow. And there are, believe it or not, there are quite a few guys around the country who have been at their schools longer than I have been at ECU. Yeah. So guys tend to come come and stay. Uh, Gary Hahn has been at North Carolina State, I think, 31 years. Uh, Stan Cotton has been over at Wake Forest. I think he's bumping 30 years there. So it's really not that uncommon. Right. Now, what was your first ECU game? My first ECU game was back in 1988, and ECU played Tennessee Tech in football in 1988. That is the first time that I used my signature saying, which is, you can paint this one purple. Oh, we love that. You can paint this one purple. My goodness. Well, (laughs) i tell you what's interesting about that, Courtney. I probably said that for almost three years before it caught on. And the only time we do say it is after pirate victories. Yep. But uh, the 1991 season, of course, was a very special season. And East Carolina only lost one game that entire year. So I continually said it every Saturday on every broadcast. You can paint this one purple. And it was Mm kind of like a snowball going downhill. Yeah. And that's when it really caught on because then uh, the, the program was doing so well, winning every week. And people just kind of expected me to say it, and it caught on that year. <laughs> and then, you know, it's kind of uh, it's kind of gone on through the se- the seasons and the years. Do you have a favorite, and it can be in any sport, game that you have caught, or multiple? I know it's hard to pick. Well, the Peach Bowl, obviously. Right. The Peach Bowl win uh, on New Year's Day, 1992, mm-hmm. was, uh, was a great, great win. And it's the one that I think you would ask all Pirate fans. They would tell yeah. you that it is their favorite game. East Carolina was down 17 points going into the fourth quarter rallied to beat North Carolina State won the game won the Peach Bowl by the way that was the last football game ever played in the old Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta 
And uh, so that's uh, a part of history, too. And the Pirates went on to finish 11-1 and that season, number nine in the country. It was a great come-from-behind victory. And I'll never forget all the fans who went to the game. East Carolina had a legit 30,000 fans in oh Atlanta for that game. And wow. Yeah, people from your generation probably <laughs> look at that and say, is that really true? Well, <laughs> you know, it really was true. Back in the day, East Carolina had fans who traveled like that. And in the mid-90s, the two Liberty Bowl games back-to-back in 94 and 95, East Carolina had 15,000-plus at each one of those Liberty Bowl games. But uh, to answer your question, uh, the Peach Bowl would be the game that, that stands out the most that would be uh that would be number one how have you seen our basketball program grow since you've been here well it has grown as far as conference affiliation is concerned when i got here ecu was in the caa and then made the jump to conference usa and now of course into the american athletic conference so the play is at a totally different level now than it was uh, when I came here. The CEA was a good league. It was a geographic league with schools in North Carolina and, and Virginia primarily. Now this league that ECU is in, I mean, it's so far flung. It's in Texas and Wichita, Kansas, and Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Florida. It's all over the place. And the caliber of play, it's more on a national scale than it was back then where it was more of a geographical rival type league. So I've seen I've seen that come a long way as far as the profile of the league and the increased television exposure and playing the teams that East Carolina is playing now. Unfortunately, the team and the program has not been able to keep pace with the league that it has been in. East Carolina has struggled for years mm-hmm. in basketball. And we are hopeful that Michael Schwartz, the new head coach here, can at least get the program respectable because it's it's been a tough go for ECU basketball. Right. And I, I committed to play softball at ECU in 2015, which is hard to believe for me. <laughs> but the way that I, I mean, in seven years going on eight, have seen the program grown in every sport, really, especially, uh, I would say especially football, which you have definitely seen, has been really fun to watch and when I was still in high school it just built up my excitement to finally get to to Greenville because I just love it here so much mm-hmm. well I understand that uh oftentimes when you look at universities across the country a lot of times the uh the applications to the university increase as to how good the football program is right. and whether or not uh, kids coming to school really want to be able to experience Saturdays in, in college football I know at Appalachian State for instance they're their enrollment figures have gone up and their applications have gone up a lot in the last few years with the increase they've had in success in football. And I think we've seen that same thing here uh, in in Greenville as well. And as you well know, Courtney, uh, Saturdays are special in Greenville for football, especially when you're playing a big name opponent or a North Carolina or North Carolina State is coming to town. So it's a lot of fun uh, being a part of it. And I've been a part of it for all these years and it's been very enjoyable. Is there any basketball game that sticks out to you? Oh, yeah. There have been a bunch of them. In fact, one was just two or three years ago when East Carolina beat Houston when they were ranked in the top five. That was COVID, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Unfortunately, there were just a handful of people there Mm -hmm. for that. It would have been great if Minji's would have been packed for that game. but. It was not the case. Yeah, that was a big win. East Carolina beat uh, Rick Pitino in Louisville when they came to town years ago, uh, beating a, a ranked Cincinnati team. 
Of course, uh, the biggest win was when East Carolina won the CAA Tournament Championship in Richmond in 1993 and beat James Madison, which at the time, James Madison was like the team Mm -hmm. to beat in the league when Lefty Drizel was the coach. And the Pirates came from number seven in the conference that year. They were a seventh-place team and then just put it all together in the tournament and won three games in a row and then got to the NCAA Tournament and played Carolina in the first round over in Winston-Salem. So those are some of the some of the big games. And then, of course, uh, the other game that Pirate fans remember was the CIT championship game in 2013 when East Carolina went out to Ogden, Utah, and beat Weber State. And that was the game in which Akeem Richmond hit the game-winning three-pointer at the buzzer to give East Carolina the CIT championship. You can see the banner that's up at Williams Arena, Minji's Coliseum. And that was, a, that was a great win. And the thing I really remember about that, not only the game, but also flying back into Greenville as soon as the game was over. It was a charter flight. We flew right back into Greenville. It's a long way from Ogden, Utah, yeah. to Greenville, North Carolina, <laughs> on a small airplane that yeah. seats 30 people. Yeah. And when we got here, I think it was about 3.45 a.m., maybe maybe even 4 or 4.15, and there were literally, I would think, at least a 1,000 Pirate fans at wow. the airport to greet the team as they came in. And God bless them. They had been standing there all night long waiting for the Pirates (laughs) to come in. And it was like when the plane landed and the guys got off, it was like rock stars going through the airport. It was was pretty incredible. And that's how it was when the football team landed uh, after winning the Birmingham Bowl. And you see the videos on Twitter, and it was just Pirate Nation is something special. Yeah, it really is. It it really is. And like I say, I go back, uh, you know, so many years with this and see the great fan support that uh, this program has had and the passion that people have for ECU. You and I think the geography plays a, a big part in that. Uh, you're from the Charlotte area, and you know there are a lot of different things to do in Charlotte. Right. And you have the pro teams, <laughs> right? But here in Eastern North Carolina, I mean ECU and the Pirates. I mean that's the thing in the eastern half of the state. Absolutely. So everybody in this region, you know, rallies around ECU. It's their team. The Pirates are their team, and there's a real close knit bond to this university and to this athletics program here. You talk about buzzer beaters. I know the one you had mentioned was a while ago, but one that really sticks out to me that I can remember was uh, the Memphis buzzer beater. Uh, gosh, maybe last season. And I remember I was an intern for ECU at the time and I'm on the court watching Brandon Suggs hit that buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. And I just, the, the student section behind me, I was terrified I was going to get trampled. <laughs> I'm running out of the way. And I, your, your call for that game went, all over Twitter. I mean, it was it was amazing, and I was just so excited to get to say, you know, how cool that was to to know that a I was there, but b to hear you all over Twitter. Yes, 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 yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, East Carolina's beaten Marquette twice mm-hmm. when Marquette was, you know, in the top ten. And uh, Dwayne Wade, who went on to the terrific career in the NBA, he brought his Marquette team in here, and the Pirates beat him that time uh, and then beat him after he left on another occasion. And uh, I can still see, because you know where we sit there at courtside, almost at midcourt, and the students sit behind us. Yeah. And I can still see my my fellow co-worker broadcasters who are for, uh, from Marquette sitting to my right, 
and the students came pouring out. <laughs> oh, and they're they're du- they're basically ducking underneath the table yeah. <laughs> to get out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, but th- th- that's fun as long as nobody gets hurt. All right. But uh, you know that that's really fun. Unfortunately, we've not had enough of those. Maybe in the future we'll have some more. And at the Mike Houston radio show, I used to help set up the camera, so I was always right there at that table getting to watch you and Mike Houston talk talk football and talk whatever else. How much how much fun was that to get to do that? Well, we've done the coaches shows at Logan's. We'll give Logan's a, a plug here. We have done the coaches shows over there for 22 years. Wow. Uh, we set that up years and years ago. And thank goodness Logan's has been so loyal to the program that they really enjoy having the coaches come in and having right. the radio show there. So we actually started the radio show there when Steve Logan was the head coach back in the 90s. Wow. And so it's gone from coach to coach to coach. And the constant has been Logan's and me hosting the show through a bunch of different coaches. But yeah, it's it's good, I think, to get the coaches out in the community. Yeah. That's uh that's basically what it's for. We have a lot of listeners who do who do listen. Uh, but the listenership is different now than it was when we started it back in the nineties. Because back then, you didn't have the internet and you didn't have so many sources for information like you have now. And so if people really wanted to hear what the coach had to say, they had to tune into the radio show. And back in the day, before we went to Logan's, we actually hosted it on campus and we had a live studio audience, if you will. Oh, wow. And we took calls and we used to do it on Sunday nights. Uh, and I will, I will tell you that the calls that would come in, we just did an hour show back then like we're doing an hour show now. But literally, we could have stayed on the air for three or four hours oh and taken gosh. calls. It was just one call after another from all over the state. Right. And then we would have maybe 50 people uh, watching the show uh, with us. And so it was, a, it was a lot of fun back then, too, because, again, that was, that was about the only source of information that fans had and any communication they had with, with the coaches. So that's changed a lot over the years. But uh, I always say about radio these days that, you know, there are just so many different ways now that you can hear the radio broadcast, where back then you, you basically just had to go to a radio station <laughs> and listen to it. And now, of course, we're, we're all over the place. And I get, uh, I get messages from, for instance, uh, folks who are in the military who wow. are overseas wow. who listen to pirate football and basketball games. And so uh, that's pretty cool, too. And I think the new way of calling in is when we would stream Facebook Live and the questions come in over Facebook Live. And I can remember uh, having to write them down on index cards and run as fast as I could to you and Coach Houston and <laughs> slide it under the table and be like, here, my handwriting is scribbled. And I'm like, here's the question that they want because yeah. <laughs> the comments are just flooding in and some of them were just some of them will really pick your brain and some oh, yeah. of the some of the questions were kind of like hey if you would have watched the game you would have known but right. some of them were really just picking your brain and they had good questions for you and coach houston yeah they do uh our fans are very good about that they're very knowledgeable i mean there are guys that uh, just live and sleep and breathe pirate football, oh, pirate yeah. basketball, and, and they really follow it really, really closely, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they ask really good questions. So we're always glad to talk with them. And they do the same thing with ECU baseball. I oh, mean, yeah. Those are, those are rowdy fans. They are, and I'll tell you what's interesting, I think, about the fan base here. There are people who follow ECU baseball that just follow ECU baseball. Uh-huh. I mean, they have interest in the football program, interest in the basketball program, but their sole focus most of the time is ECU baseball. Right. So it's got kind of that click following 
and uh, there are just great baseball fans in eastern North Carolina. This has always been a baseball kind of place. And you can see the atmospheres out at Clark LeClaire Stadium for Pirate Baseball is as good as anywhere in the country. Absolutely. And I will throw in my mom in here really quick. My mom, when she, my mom went to ECU and she grew up in Washington. And when she thinks of, of any kind of sport at ECU and being able to listen to it, she thinks of, of you. So for me to be doing this, she was beyond excited. I mean, she always <laughs> Hi, talks mom, about, how you doing? <laughs> she always talks about how, how cut out you are for this and how just special it is for you get to continue to to do this well i've enjoyed it it's uh like i say it's a labor of love and i talk with young folks like you and lots of other people over the years and i always tell them a couple of different things number one it's it's tough to get a job in the business Mm -hmm. i mean when you look at what i do there are only 130 jobs in america doing what i do because there's 130 division one football and basketball programs in america Mm -hmm. so that means only one play-by-play guy for each one so there's only 130 when a job like mine comes open uh literally there are 100 people that apply for the job right and so it's it's tough to to get a job in the business I mentioned that to young folks. And then number two, the good part about that is that there are so many other jobs that might not be a play-by-play job, but there are just so many other jobs now in the industry that weren't there when I started years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always tell folks, too, it's it's great to, to get your degree. It's great to go through college and, and master's or whatever you want to do. That's terrific. The education is great. But doing what I do... People either have a knack to do it or they don't have a knack to do it. Absolutely. And the best thing you can do if you want to be a play-by-play announcer, for instance, is you just have to do games. You just have Mm -hmm. to do game after game after game. And I started, uh, you know, doing high school games, actually, when I was still in high school. And every time I had an opportunity to do a game somewhere, you know, I would jump on it and do it. Uh, and that's the way you perfect your craft. That's the only way, really, you get better doing this. For sure. And you've been deemed the, the voice of the Pirates. How does that, what does that mean to you? How does that make you feel? Well, number one, it's a great responsibility. <laughs> Absolutely. It really is because uh, you're representing the university. Yeah. And you're representing the athletics program. And I take that very seriously. I've always tried really hard to represent ECU in a first-class manner. Right. And... Uh, I think that it's a privilege to be the voice of a, of a team. And so I don't take that lightly, that responsibility lightly at all. So it does, it does mean a lot. And over the years, um, people, instead of calling me Jeff, now they call me the voice, yeah. which, which is, which is great. I think that's a compliment. And, uh, I, I, I enjoy that. I can remember when I first started in the business as a young guy and I was doing University of Illinois games uh, back years ago. And there was another gentleman who was doing University of Illinois games back in the day at Illinois and a lot of Big Ten schools. There were like two or three different guys who did play by play on different networks. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it's all very exclusive. There's only one. But when I started, there were two or three guys doing Illinois. And I was always amazed. I was just getting my feet wet and I was just going on the road and just getting to know people. I was the young guy on the block. 
And this gentleman had been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And everywhere we would go, everybody knew him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it was amazing to me as a young guy. We'd go to Minnesota. We'd go to Iowa. We would go to Wisconsin. And everybody knew Larry Stewart. Mm-hmm. And they would come up and talk with Larry. And I was like, man, that's <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And now you turn the clock forward. And now, like, I'm that guy. Exactly. And so, you know, everywhere we go. I know people, and I know broadcasters, and I know newspaper guys, and even some fans in, uh, in other cities. And for instance, when we went to Memphis this past weekend, Matt Dillon is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, we always get together and talk. Matt has covered the Memphis Tigers for 50 years, wow. if you can believe that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we'll go to Cincinnati this week. And Dan Horde, who's the voice of the Bearcats, and Terry Nelson is his color person who played at Cincinnati. You know, all those guys usually will come over. I'll go over to them. And, you know, you just get to know so many people and so many, and the coaches too, because the coaches, as you know, Courtney, they go all over the place and they're at different schools. And so just about everywhere you go, you know, a coach or two who's either been in Greenville or has been somewhere you have been with USF coming in on Sunday. Larry Dixon is now an assistant at USF and he spent time on basketball staffs here at ECU. So I'll see Larry and probably interview him for our pregame show. So, you know, that's the neat part about it. The relationships are, are what's really, really the neat part. And those are the things that uh, I will remember as much as the wins and the losses and whatever. It's the relationships you build with people. And some of those relationships can be lifelong. It's like being on a team, any kind of sports team. Oh, I absolutely. I, I can go back to when I started, you know, in college athletics at Virginia Tech 43 years ago. Some some of my best, uh, 40 years ago, some of my best friends are still in Blacksburg, Virginia right. at Virginia Tech. And I hired a gentleman there as our color analyst uh, back in 1983, Mike Burnup. Mike is one of my dear friends, and he is still doing the games at Virginia Tech uh, as the analyst. And I still have a lot of friends at Virginia Tech. So, again, that's what's, uh, that's what's really cool about the business is you get to meet a lot of different people. And you get to meet a lot of special people and they all have a story. I know you're interested in stories and uh, a lot of these people really have great stories once you start talking to them. Yeah. And so it's been, uh, it's been good to, to do that and learn about uh, where they've come from and what they've done. And ECU athletics is a huge deal here in Greenville and Eastern North Carolina. And really a lot of people know that. What do you think is a big attraction to eat? Like if you could explain it, what is the attraction to ECU athletics? Well, I think there's that chip on the shoulder uh, attitude that people have. And I think that brings them together as a family unit, basically. I think that's a big part of it, that there's a real um, camaraderie between the people who live here, went to school here, graduated from here. They all kind of feel like they have to stick together because right. it's kind of the pirates against the world right, sometimes. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I've always said I-95, you can almost put a brick wall up I-95 in North Carolina, <laughs> and it's the eastern part of the state, and yep. then it's the other part of the state. Yep. And that's what makes East Carolina special because I've lived in seven different states oh, doing wow. this. And I've never lived in a place quite like Eastern North Carolina. Right. It has its own culture. It, socially, it, it has its own uh, social aspect to it. Um, the people have their own attitudes toward things. And it's uh, it's unlike any other place I've ever lived. It has its own food, <laughs> as we know, with the barbecue. And so when I first moved here, it, it takes a little time to get used to it. Right. And it takes a little time also to learn the people and their attitudes and where they come from. 
And I've always said East Carolina is one of those kind of places people either move here or who are not from here. They either move here and either like it or they move here and they don't like it. Right. There's like not a gray area. Right. And obviously I have liked it or I wouldn't have been here, you know, all the years that I have been here. But it's a unique place and it's it's much different than any other place I've ever lived. Like Blacksburg is in southwest Virginia in the mm-hmm. mountains. But it's not like there's a big circle around it where it's southwest Virginia versus the rest of the state. Right. Well, here, that's different. It's eastern North Carolina, and then it's kind of the rest of North Carolina. That's what makes it unique. It's a very special place. Is there anything else you would like to say about your job, Pirate Nation? Anything else? Well, I want to thank Pirate Nation because they've been great. And at the end of the day, Courtney, it's your uh, listening audience, your viewing audience that either accepts you or it doesn't. You certainly have bosses that you need to please and to answer to. But if the people who are listening or watching don't really accept you, then you're not going to be around that long. Right. So I have a, a great debt of gratitude that I would like to extend to the Pirate Nation because they have they have embraced me. They have embraced my family. And they've been there for us through some very difficult times that we've had in our life. And my job is out front and everybody pretty much knows your business. You do what I do. (laughs) And we've gone through some very tough times, like a lot of people do. That's life. But you'd be in a place uh, for 35 years. And, you know, we lost our daughter back in 1992. And then, you know, I went through a cancer battle uh, just a few years ago. So the Pirate Nation has always been there for us, and we've always been very, very appreciative. In fact, uh, I can't tell you how thankful and grateful we are to the people who have stood by us through some tough times. Awesome. Well, Pirate Nation is special in that way, and I know we are all very thankful for you and what you have done for Greenville and, and you know, ECU Athletics. Well, you're very kind, uh, Courtney, to say that. I appreciate it very much, and it's been a pleasure to be a guest. That was the voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles. Thank you so much. Thank you.